From DS Media Studios in Tema, Ghana, this is Two Peswas. Two Peswas is a weekly podcast where we cover a range of topics, from buzzing media headlines to music to highlights from the week. Each episode is co-hosted by myself, Peaches, and Eddie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 50, a.k.a. the season three finale. finale. <laughs> um, it's kind of incredible that it's happening. So, so it's, it came fast for me. It like it's, I can't believe it's almost over. Um, I'm low-key grateful it is because this season has been oh, a oh, challenge. Oh, oh, been Technical challenges, this, that, and the <sighs> other. Just getting this done has has taken a lot out of us. But honestly, honestly it's been a joy. I love... That's why we keep doing it because we love it. We love connecting with you. We love the feedback we've been getting. And yeah, so it's been a one. I hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed when things are going right, mm. making it. <laughs> and uh, and even if you didn't, there's nothing you can do about it. We hope you did. We hope you did. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, uh, we promise not to be gone. Well, let me, let me not lie. not promise anything that we can't keep. Mm-hmm. Ideally, we won't be gone for two Too years long. next time. And yeah, I guess on with the show Absolutely. for the last time this season. Yeah. Absolutely. So the South Korean president wants to ban the consumption of dog meat. Uh, dog, dog, uh, dog meat eating is not unusual in South Korea. It's not unusual, uh, but many people don't seem to be, be, be fans of that any longer, especially the younger people. Mm-hmm. So the president is a known dog lover. He has a pet. And so the issue is actually really dear to his heart. A while back, he got a puppy from the North Korean leader. I think that was on TV. I seem to remember something vaguely like that. Of course, animal animal rights activists are happy about this. They are anti-dog, as as you would imagine. And dogs are red for food in in south korea and uh, they unfortunately they live under terrible conditions mm-hmm. they they uh, they they're locked in cages and they have to endure a lot of abuse so that is not good now of course the dog farming community is not happy with this and they claim it's reckless for the president to come out in public and say that people should not consume dog meat and people should be left alone to make their choices right there are about one million dogs slaughtered day. Uh, uh, sorry, not day, sorry, not daily. I'm annually, like, like, God. Like, I know, right? <laughs> slaughtered annually in about three thousand dog farms across South Korea. And in a poll by Nielsen last year, eighty-four percent of South Koreans said they hadn't eaten or, or they would never eat dog meat. Mm. So there's definitely increasing pressure mm-hmm, to, to mm-hmm. see dogs as companions and not as food. But let me just say this. Who decides I was what is a say. pet and what is meant to be food? Mm-hmm. You just can't say because you find a an yeah. animal cute, you're not going to eat it. We eat goat meat in Ghana. There are places you'd go and you say you eat goat meat. People look at you like, no, goats are pets. You shouldn't be eating things. Yeah. People eat horses. People eat cats. I don't think it really is on one person to say, you Who can't should, eat yeah. this because he is, it's my pet. People have chickens as pets. Yes, they do. They so do. that's a bit a bit of a dicey one. Fish I mean, have always been pets right, for some people. Right. Yeah. So where do you draw the line? I, I that's my personal yeah, philosophy yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. I of course I you know everybody knows I love dogs, love horses, things like that. So it's upsetting. But I stop short of saying don't don't do, do that. it exactly. You know I would rather because there's an element of hypocrisy Absolutely. and like 
cherry picking and saying, okay, you can kill these animals, and you but not these mm. other ones. Like cows have an inherent value. They have the right to exist. I be chewing on them all day long, <laughs> you know, like chickens, mm. fish, whatever. I think my personal philosophy is that stupid that I don't eat anything too cute. But again, I'm not going to cut, like I would never eat a rabbit because I'm just like, oh I've no. Eaten a rabbit before. Well, I it accidentally ate one in France and they are because <laughs> my husband, I thought it was chicken. I thought it was a leg and thigh and I'm eating I'm like, right. this chicken tastes a bit different. And she's like, yeah, because it's not chicken, it's <laughs> rabbit. And I, I literally had tears in my eyes. Oh, no. And she was like, girl, bye. Like, she did not care at the yeah. slightest. She's like, so if it were a chicken, that'd be, that'd be okay. Be better, right? It, I guess so, the only thing really is to make sure that you're rearing the animals under humane conditions. That is my right? thing. That, that should be the I main thing, really. will never pretend that I'm going to become vegetarian or vegan, but I do believe that you can treat animals ethically, Absolutely. that they can be happy mm-hmm. relatively until the day that it's time for them to go in my stomach. I don't, exactly. you know, exactly. and that's how we should do it. And it would make meat and everything a lot more expensive but that i think should be the case obviously in the third world that's a different story Mm -hmm. but in the west they over consume meat altogether there should be nothing like a one dollar hamburger it should never exist it should never exist your meat should reflect the cost of what it takes and the fact that you're um killing you're taking another life to get this Mm -hmm. and so if that means it's going to be three times expensive as it is now well we could all vary our diets more supplement eat more vegetables or whatever Mm -hmm. that's how i feel that you know to have free range farming or non it is the industrialization industrialization of life you can't industrialize living creatures and that's what they do they put them in these terrible terrible i mean so 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 evil So just so I try and get free range chicken, mm. um, f- natural grazing mm. cows. Sometimes it will tell you these cows come from the graze mm. free and things like that. And that's how I try and eat. Um, and I think you know. So yeah, that's, yeah, so that, that's it. That, that's basically. That's it. a great topic. Something to think about for mm-hmm. sure. All mm. right. <laughs> okay. So my in the news is is pretty tragic for a number of reasons. Um, a Malawian former MP went to parliament offices and took his own life. He shot himself in the head. So I guess trigger warning is a bit late for that. Mm. But um, So Clement Chiwaya was an MP for 15 years, and he also served as deputy speaker of parliament from 2014 to 2019. Now, he went to the offices of the clerk specifically because he had been in a protracted dispute with them over a vehicle. Um, so as an MP, much like in Ghana, I suppose, you know, they probably do it similarly. You are given a official vehicle to use mm-hmm. during the, your tenure. Now, at the end of your four-year term, you have the option of buying the vehicle because if you, as you know, in accounting, if you have vehicles on your books, they depreciate in value mm-hmm. to zero after five years. So then they'll sell it to you because they the logic is the cost of maintenance will exceed the value of the car it's not true though Mm. (laughs) but that's what they say so they can treat themselves well anyway so he was given the option to buy this car which he then did now the problem was they did not transfer the ownership documentation Mm. into his name so he said he had been unable to register the vehicle and you know he was having problems and 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 unable to also get insurance Mm -hmm. so he wasn't able obviously to use the car to because you you're the threat of police stopping you and all this and you're driving uninsured and all this and now another thing of note is that um 
Clement Chihuahua was disabled. He had mm-hmm. he was a wheelchair user due to having contracted polio as a okay. child. Mm-hmm. So the vehicle was actually customized mm-hmm. for him um, to be wheelchair accessible. This is something you had talked mm-hmm. about just the other the other day. Yeah. Um, and so it was even more important for him to take this car because, you know, it had been customized for him. And so it was going on and on and on and on. And as of 2021, so this is what, two years later, he still didn't have this title. And, um, so he went to the offices of the clerk of parliament and shot himself there. Now he actually left a suicide note as well, saying among other things that his heart and spirit had been brought down low, not because of the car, but because of the begging to get what belonged to him. And that has been depressing and that to somebody else, this probably doesn't make sense, but he's, he's just fed up. He's just tired. Now I think in this one story are like a couple of things that I've, touched on this season and probably in prior seasons. The first one being governments are useless. <laughs> you, you, it should not take two years to transfer ownership of a vehicle from, you know, parliament or whatever to the individual. It just should not. It should not. They're ineffective. They're inefficient. They're just useless. Everything just drags on, on and, and on, on and, and on. on. Yeah. Second thing is I'm sure that in there somewhere he feels degraded by his being having been disabled because mm. it seems he's very sensitive right. to to certain things right and and part of that is probably because fall we know and this is all speculation mm. so you know i'm just you know i don't know what i'm talking about i'm just saying maybe that people have not given him the respect like he the, feels he deserves exactly. all yeah. these years as well um Another thing I think it touches on is the fact that, as I said, maybe last episode or the episode before, a lot of African people who, or not just Africans, but because I'm in Africa and see what's happening around here, I can say that once they enter government, they feel like they become the member of a royal family. Right. And I get the the sneaking suspicion that life as a common floor member or just as a regular citizen was not to his liking mm-hmm. once you've been honorable right. mpa boss yes sir, blah 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 the sheer or you know having to do the kind of stuff that we would go through right like you try and do anything you go back and forth you're like oh can you please do my thing for me yeah i beg we have to grovel every day just to get access to the stuff we're supposed to be getting mm-hmm. as we've talked about trying to get vaccinated is pushing oh, so oh get the nurse's number and call right? her oh so when will you guys be coming so that we know when to come what time Everything please call me oh my sister i'll give you something mm-hmm. you want to register your company you want to get anything right now i get the feeling that he has enjoyed rarefied air all these years he's never mm-hmm. had to live like the rest of us and, and now he's going back and, he and it was so bad it was so traumatizing to live like a regular Malawian for two years. Well, not regular, because add to the fact that he has a disability. Mm-hmm. But being a normal citizen is that traumatizing that he's like, you know what? I don't want to do it. I anymore. can't do this. It's two terrible. years. It's two. Terrible. Think about that. That is sh- 
terrifying, actually. And should just tell you that we're all living on the edge here. We're suffering, man. Ah. We, we really are. And then people say, oh, but why are you complaining so much? Things are okay. Things are not okay. No. They no. really aren't. Now, recently, you need to register your SIM card. If you don't have a Ghana card, you can't register your SIM card. This morning, I tried to register my SIM card because there was a code. Did it work? Absolutely not. And so it's now you're even headache. trying to call the office. The line, phone line doesn't even work. So then you have to now look for somebody who works in the office to go and like sweet talk them. Can you right. please check? Because I want to, mind you, they've said that if you don't register the SIM, they'll turn it off. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that story had like seven layers of meaning in it and it was very tragic and quite insightful as well. So anyway, that's yeah. my in the news. Yeah. So very sad story. may he rest well. Yes, I hope he's at peace well. now, but it, it shouldn't have come to this. It just shouldn't. So anyway. Okay, and with that, we're on to Songs of the Week. Today, I've got two beautiful, talented Ghanaian artists. Yay. Yes, we the first it. one is Sina Soul. I ah. love Sina Soul. We love Sina Soul. Friend of the Bahia. show, Sina Soul. She don't know us, but friend of the show. Absolutely. <laughs> and the song is called Jamestown, and it is from her recently released five-track EP called For Times We Lost. And the beginning of the song, Jamestown, she says, we are going to eat kinky in Jamestown. And that is a dream for me. Like one of my favorite foods ever is kinky. So for me, that's like a love song on its own. <laughs> of course, she says it in Ghana. My guy is very, very poor. So I will not be saying that in Ghana. And I guess it's just really paying. I don't know exactly what, what the words are in the song, but I guess it's just paying homage to Jamestown, basically, mm. I guess. Um, listeners will know that I we love Sina. So, like I've said, I still have videos from the Metanoia concert. Mm. I still have those, yes. Um, so, Sina So was born Christina Quincina Kwakukum, and she's a finalist of the 2014 Vodafone Ghana Music Icons. She's Ghanaian and she sings in both Ga and English. And she won the 2020 Vodafone Ghana Music Awards for Best Video for Killing Me. And 2019, she won the MTN Foresight Awards for Best Photography for Ojoli. And this song is really nice. It's sort of like a Jama song. Mm. So it's absolutely beautiful seeing her soul for you with Jamestown. Second artist that I have for you is Ria Boss. Ooh. And I Cat Mama. Shout right, out to Cat Mama I, I, Ria. I, I have <laughs> been sleeping on her, Omnis, because I haven't heard any of her songs. But I decided to look into that, and the song that I have for you today is called Puissance, and that is Strength in French, if I'm not wrong. And she immediately gives me Neo Soul vibes. Mm-hmm. She's Ghanaian, Burkinabe, and she was born Maria Emmanuel Grace Bosman Damiba. And she's also called Cat Mama. Why is she called Cat Mama? Because she's just obsessed with cats. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, the song Puissance is Strength in French and it's a beautiful bilingual track. She sings both in English and French. And like I said, it's really, really, really chill. It's from her EP Sample Plate. And I believe she's got about other eight other EPs under her belt. She's really a delight to listen to. I'm happy that I started listening to her. And she also has a song called Bon Day Intro on I May Destroy You. Oh, really? Yes, yes, oh, good on, for on, her. on episode seven, which she actually produced, mixed, and mastered herself. So that's quite, she's a quite talented. Yeah, Ria's dope, man. She's dope. Yeah, so I'm happy to listen to the rest of her songs. Quissance is really, really beautiful. You should check it out. And those are my two songs, Jamestown from Sina Soul and Quissance from Ria Boss. Wonderful. <laughs> Okay, and I have three songs as well, and I also decided to feature a Ghanaian artist since we're closing yes, out. I wanted yes. to go with Ghana, exactly. and 
So the first song I have is called Pedestal, and it's by an artist called Papa Versa. So Papa, <laughs> any of these sound effects at any time, I'm just like, what? <laughs> so Papa is a Ghanaian singer, songwriter, rapper, and instrumentalist. He started learning piano at age five, which his dad taught him. And then later on, he taught himself guitar, drums, and saxophone. And he said when he was a child, he had a severe stammer. But when he was performing music, he didn't stammer. And that, so music became his refuge and his creative outlet. And he started writing down his thoughts when he was 12. And those eventually involved into rap lyrics, which he put to song, the song that he was already producing himself so he went to rich church and then he went to sos college which is just up the road and he went there it's for smart people as is yes only smart wealthy people can go. oh please don't stop the wealthy and then after high school um he met with jay so who is a well-known producer and also label owner of skillions records and a friend of mine so shout out to jay so his studio is also just up the road um and so you know it, it was just like a vibing session kind of like i like your stuff blah 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 and he looked up to him but he ended up signing with skillions um and then he went to off to college. He went to study economics at Reed University, which is on the west coast of the United States. Um, really cool school. And yeah, he describes his music as a fusion inspired by his musical influences, who include John Legend, Stevie Wonder, and Molly Music. He's also a devout Christian, and he always makes sure that he imbues his music with upliftment and faith-based inspiration themes and messages. So he has two albums, I believe, so far, Solar and Songs for Kukwa, and he has at least three EPs, and the song Pedestal is off his latest EP, which came out in 2020, called Technical Difficulties Volume 3. Mm. Now, it's, I don't know, it's just a great song. Like, mm. I thought it was interesting that he said Molly Music was one of his inspirations, because the song kind of reminded me of something that Molly Music right. would do. It's got, you know, a nice piano riff in there, and it's just, and Pedestal is talking about how, I guess, being a Christian especially, uh, but just being a public figure that you're put on a pedestal, right? And he's like, we're just humans. Nobody is faultless or flawless. And so he was talking about how he doesn't want to ever be put on a pedestal because all you can do from there is fall or disappoint or go down. Um, so yeah, it's a really cool song. Nice. Really like it. Check out his other song. I believe I listened to songs for Kukwa when it came mm. out, but I don't really remember. I just remember thinking his music was cool. So okay. first song there. The second song is called Rare and is by Nas. So um, I'm not going to, I mean, you know who Nas, <laughs> Nas is. So. Yeah. Nasir bin Oludara Jones. He's 48 years old. He's a rapper from New York. He's not just a rapper. He's a legend, an icon of rap and music in general. His uh, debut album, Illmatic, came out in 1994 and is probably one of the best rap albums of all time. And um, he's released 13 albums to date. And lately, he's been quite prolific, actually, because he went quiet for a while. 
Um, but in the last two years, he's put out albums back to back, being King's Disease 1 and now King's Disease 2, which came out in 2021. Um, and Rare is off King's Disease 2. And it's just, I mean, listen, it's Nas. It's a good song. Go listen to it. What can I tell you? <laughs> All right. And my final song here is one of my favorite favorite songs of all time is called still and it's by uh, a group called liquid deep so liquid deep is a south african duo comprising um singer songwriter jonathan hamilton and dj and producer tabo shokgolo and they formed in johannesburg in 2007 now this is another example of me having said that i don't like electronic music mm. and yet i always listen to it <laughs> because liquid deep's music is a combination of house and soul i don't know if you remember that era where south african house was everywhere much like i'm a piano is now and i think i actually prefer south african house to i'm a piano for sure so anyway jonathan had moved to south africa in 2004 and was intrigued and was intrigued and like really inspired by the south african house scene and uh, a mutual friend introduced him to tabo and basically they started collaborating immediately they released they released seven albums in total um they started with liquid liquid deep part one in 2008 but it's on their third album called fabrics of the heart which came out in 2010 that there's you know basically went to the a next level of fame mm-hmm. and that was propelled by this song called still um which is a which is a lead single off of that album and it's just amazing it's such a good song it's such vibes man and so definitely check it out check out the entire fabrics of the heart album at the very least because it's worth it so going over my three songs we have pedestal by papa versa rare by nas and still by liquid deep which is a love song actually okay. it says i'm i'll always love you and i still love you so shout outs to them <laughs> all right that's it <laughs> So before we continue on with the show, I just wanted to let you know about a wonderful opportunity that we have for our listeners, thanks to our partners at SendWave. So SendWave is an app that allows you to quickly and conveniently send money from the US, the UK, and parts of EU to Ghana and also other African countries. It's completely free to use and very secure, and I know this because I have received money through SendWave myself. With SendWave, you can send mobile money to networks as well as directly to bank accounts and still at no cost. Just search for SendWave in the Google Play Store or the App Store, and when you see a penguin waving, you know you're on the right track. Once you download it, it takes only five minutes to set up and start sending. No matter how much or little you send, it's always free. Sounds great, right? Well, it gets even better. When you use our promo code to PESWAS, you could get $5, five pounds, or five euros, depending on your location, towards your first transfer. And who doesn't like free money? All the information you need will be in the info box, as well as a link to a video walking you through the setup process. And now back to the show. Okay, and with that, we're on to what the F. Now, a Danish artist... Yeah. We have the same what the well, F. I was I waiting feeling, for that to happen. Feeling, it hasn't happened feeling, in a while. I, I, I'm not surprised. And this story was, was too lit. Yeah, it was too... Yeah, yeah. I, I got my entire life. Okay, take it away, Yeah, Eddie. okay, so... <laughs> A Danish artist was supposed to create a work of art. He's called Jens Hanning, and he was given $84,000 for it. He was supposed to do a recreation of his work, an average Danish annual income, and then an average Austrian annual income. Mm-hmm. 
and he was, was supposed to display the cash in, in the work. Now he was of course told that the eighty-four dollars were not was not was not meant for him. It was he was supposed to return the money once the exhibition was over. This was this would be in sixteenth January twenty twenty-two. But when it was time for Mister Yentaning to deliver, the curator received an email from him stating that he had changed the working title of the art to "Take the Money and Run." <laughs> And in his press release, he says initially the idea was to actually show national differences in incomes, but changing, changing, changing the, the, the title to take the money and run, he's questioning the rights of artists as well and their working conditions so that, um, so that equitable norms can be established in the industry. So more about breaking structures and what have you. Now, the director, the director of the Kunsten Museum of Modern Art said he actually laughed when he <laughs> saw the piece. But he also says that the Hanning hasn't really broken any contract. So on, he has until 16th January mm. 2022. And then they'll take it further from there, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, I thought it was, it was just funny. Too, I, I was mean, hilarious. he finessed hilarious. the hell out honestly. of there. Like, <laughs> truly, truly, truly. Um, let's see if I can fill in some blanks mm, here. Okay. Um, so he's a he described himself as a con uh, contemporary conceptual artist. He's from Copenhagen, and the thematic line of his work tends to be um, an acute reflection of the complex and changing Western society. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, he was given the money, da da da. Decided not to give it to them, <laughs> and he actually sent two empty frames, which would mm -hmm. have. Contain the money. notes that demonstrate both the Danish and Austrian average annual income. And because it was for a display, an art display, they hung up the empty frames mm -hmm. and put on there, this is Jans Hanning's work, <laughs> took the money and run. So he has been saying that he has no intention of returning the money, but they're mm. like, okay, but then you will then be in violation of, of your contractual obligations. Mm -hmm. But his counter argument is that, well, the art is not give that is the art not oh giving back the God. money is the artistic statement oh so therefore God. if i give it to you i've nullified my my creative process i'm just like sir listen so what made me laugh is like this is why people think modern art is nonsense kind, right yeah. like I, i'm not one of those people i don't feel like art is superfluous mm. or i'm not one of those people who are they're starving children and mm. we're spent no i feel like there is a reason why our ancestors tens of thousands of years ago mm. painted on the cave wall right. even though they lived in a cave probably didn't have food to mm. eat nothing i think it's part of human nature Something to express to yourself creatively i think without it we would die mm. i literally do mm -hmm. so i'm not gonna be like i ah, see this is all nonsense however like, yeah, like this is too much <laughs> you are doing like, the most at oh. this point in time and also the other thing that the um, Kunsten Museum said is, look, you know, this is all well and good. They are also artists. They can appreciate the finesse, but they are not a rich museum. Therefore, they cannot afford to just him. have him <laughs> run off with their money. So, oh, you know, I guess yeah. we'll revisit this when the contract date exactly. is due. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, on to two Okay. So, to round off this season, I just decided I'll do something slightly different maybe and so my two persons today is the best thing about you oh so i love love i love seeing people happy i love people getting along and all that so what i did was i sent a a i sent a message to a couple of people who i know are either married or are in relationships 
And I asked them to tell me what's the best thing about their partner. Look at you being an um, investigative journalist. Listen, I had to come up with something like, positive to end the show, cute. right? Right, right. So I asked them what's the best thing about being with your partner or your wife or your husband or whatever. And so here are the answers that oh, I want to I share. I love with this. Them. Right. So I have in total a nine, and I'm just going to go through them. The first one is the best thing about being with my husband is that I have a friend for life. I have someone I can lean on when I'm weak and vulnerable and that I have a companion to do life with. The second one is being around here, being around her and having peace of mind when she's not around. The third one is that, that many things about me have changed. I now consider myself a better person for the care my husband gives me. Five, love, lol. That was a very short one. We said <laughs> to add the lol. And the sixth is companionship. Number seven, she keeps me focused and the fact that we are both committed to make it work. And this one, he asked me that he asked that I actually, I, he didn't mind me mentioning his name. So okay. I'm going to do that. This is from Sam Marfo. He's a former colleague of mine. And he says, she makes it fulfilling to be married and completely has my back. Never a doubt I married the right person Ace. and always makes it easy to remain faithful. There is no one I'd rather be okay, with. Okay, big like, props. He's, like, honestly, he's, he, the way he loves his wife is just beautiful to see. I keep oh. telling him that, yeah, you're doing right by her. I mean, do keep it up. Just, just be, Love just be who Love you are. It. And the last one I have is companionship, partnership, support to do life together. So I just thought this is a nice way to round up the season. Love is in the air and love for people and love everybody. One, I love it. I love it. And you know, um, if you're, this, by the time this comes out, it's probably about to be, November, it's November, it's mm. going to be cold. It's cuffing season. Right. So it's time to be booed up. You know, oh Lord. If you if you if you if you can. <laughs> if you can. <laughs> if you can. It's so tough with corona and things like that. You can't really go dates or meet people. It's just really so mm. Okay. So that was one I really liked that. That yeah. was super cute. I wish okay. I'd gotten more answers, but mm-hmm. well, that's okay. That's okay. Okay, so my two passwords this week is not the warm and fuzzy <laughs> approach Eddie took, but in a sense it did I also wanted to sort of have a through line between what I did last for the season three finale oh, yeah, okay. and also this one. So in the season three finale, it was Vision 2020, mm. where I went over some statistics <laughs> of um, our development goals as outlined at, in the 1992 Constitution and compared to where we've reached now that we have gone beyond Vision mm. 2020. Um, and so this... This um, two passwords is also going to be statistics based, and it's it's what well, I was inspired by two things. The first is going to be the title that there's seven seven women to every man, mm. and I'll mention the next one in a minute. So over the last year, or maybe since last year, on three different occasions, I've had some guy tell me that you do know that there's seven women to every man, and I'm just like. Where did you get, like, where did you get that from? Like, where, obviously that cannot be possible. I don't know if it's because I did economics a long time ago, so I always have this habit of keeping up with, like, development statistics Mm. or whatever. But I'm just like, that is, that is, like, categorically untrue. Mm. And it seems to be a thing that people believe, right? Mm. So my first thing was, okay, let me go look this up and figure out why people think that, right? Mm. But just, just so you know, 
one of the worst gender distribution imbalances we have on the globe right now is China mm-hmm. because they had a one-child uh, so policy, policy. Mm-hmm. and because everywhere we live in extreme patriarchal societies, so people would actually kill their baby girls right. um, or you know get rid of them if they knew they were going to have mm-hmm. girls. Mm-hmm. And that has, I think, was it you or me? One season we talked about them having to import women from yes, yes, Thailand yes, yes. We, and yeah, stuff we, like that. Yeah, something, yeah. One season, mm-hmm. right? So it's actually a crisis. Um, and that imbalance is only 48% women to 52% men. Okay. <laughs> so you saying that there's seven, seven women to every man suggests that there are only 12% men in the world versus 87%. <laughs> Do you know what the world would sense. look like? like you yeah. wouldn't be able to see men mm-hmm. anywhere. Like mm-hmm. there'd be no men anywhere. No. The actual fact is that we are at a good 50-50 split. Right. Globally mm-hmm. and in Ghana. Mm-hmm. And the second thing that inspired me to do this outside of the seven women to every man thing, which I'm like, can we dead that? Is that there was a headline that went out recently saying that there are 400,000 <sighs> more women in Ghana than mm. there are men. So I will get to that in a minute. <sighs> but for those who may not know, the seven women to every man thing is actually a Bible verse, oh. a Bible quote. It's taken from Isaiah chapter 4. And it references some post-war conditions where all the men killed each other fighting mm. and there are very few men left. And therefore, in the, in those days, seven women will cling to every man mm. and be like, please marry me and whatever. I'm like, you know this is not real, right? Like, <laughs> even in that verse, it's a hypothetical situation. situation. Like, yes. why are you... So anyway, on to this 400,000 thing. Now, of course, people could not just relax and just keep their mouths shut. They decided to retruck out this right? seven women thing again and said, okay, the those the end times are coming true mm. where you know women are not going to be able to find it always comes just to like, yeah, you, you not in find the a man context of always, marriage. Always. Like, oh, four hundred thousand women are going to and so those of you who are out there being arrogant or being stubborn mm. or saying that mm. you won't be side chicks or whatever it is look sharp if it's second wife you'll be you better get on with it because there's your surp there are going to be surplus um, numbers of you and i'm like first of all <laughs> first of all <laughs> four hundred thousand people is negligible it is a negligible number that is not even one percent that is 0.01 percent of the 31 million population that we are therefore it's not even a number worth read it doesn't register anywhere statistically speaking it's as i said it's a tenth of a percent secondly why is there a presumption that every woman wants to to get get married Mm. that number first of all some of these people that we're talking about are captured are even children children like we didn't they didn't do it in tears and say of married marrying age these are the statistics. This is just the census report, the data. This many men, this many women. You could be five years old. You're captured in this thing. So the whole, like, Some people were so, being so dramatic and about it. And this was the headline of a newspaper. I think yes. it was the Chronicle or something. something. It, was, it was just ridiculous. So 400,000 is nothing. Basically, there's an equal number of men and women for those who even care in the first place, which, as I said, not everyone does. Does. But so what I thought I would would talk about today is the actual implications of there being, as you people want to insist, some of y'all want to insist, 
more women than men in Ghana. In spite of that, and I said, look, 0.01% is nothing, but since y'all want to be dramatic about it, mm. let's do it. <laughs> Even though there are more women than men in Ghana, there has never been a female president. Mm. There has never been a female vice president since mm -hmm. Ghana's inception in 1957. Only 14% of parliamentary seats are held by women. And as you say, there are more women, right? Mm. So there should be at least equal share or more women in parliament mm, yeah. than otherwise. Only 3.8% of seats on deliberative bodies and local Jeez. government are held by women. Three. Three percent. Three. Three. Okay. Out of 14 chief justices that Ghana has had, only two have been women. So that's 14%. And the first was not until 2007. That was Georgina Wood. Only 23% of Supreme Court judges are women. So again, keep in mind, y'all the ones want to stress about how there are too many women here. Let's get into it. All right. Now, there was also a headline a, a year or two ago about how 46% um, of the businesses in Ghana are owned by women. And this was a source of jubilation because apparently that is the highest figure in the world, which is abominable, to be honest. Um Note that 46% is not half, mm -hmm. and it's certainly not the 51 or whatever number you think 400,000 mm -hmm. makes it. Mm -hmm. um, so women are under underrepresented as business owners. And what, you, what they didn't say is most of those 46% of businesses tend to be very, very small scale. Yeah. We're talking a kiosk yeah. is still a business, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's not the, you know more than 10 employees, mm. large, you know, established businesses. And this reflects that. By contrast, only 33% of women are in managerial positions. So even though, as you say, we own 46% of businesses, only 33% so uh, of a business that would require a managerial position in the first place are held by women. And that number drops to in the 20s when you get to senior management positions. Mm -hmm. So that should tell you something. The employment that we do do, which we're still underrepresented okay. there, mm -hmm. are small-scale industries which are very vulnerable to economic crises yeah. and are not, are just, you're just subsist, subsisting, mm -hmm. more or less. But the minute it's a big business, the women start to vanish. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, also, only seven, this number actually scared me. Hmm. Only 7.2% of women of pension eligible age are receiving one. 7%. Now, this number is even scary for the men. It's only 21% of men of pensionable Yo. age. That means once you get to a certain age, it, yeah, life screwed. gets really real. You're, you, you're screwed. And women are more screwed than anybody else, it seems. So... I could go on and on and on and give you statistics about college and university enrollment, how women vanish the higher you get on the yes. education ladder, even though at primary education, um, women are actually overrepresented. There are more mm -hmm. girls in school mm -hmm. at secondary level. They're almost at parity mm -hmm. and yet, and they outperform. They tend to outperform their male peers and stuff. But the minute you get higher, they start vanishing mm. and then they once you enter the workforce vanishing some more right. so before you open your mouth and it's not y'all i know y'all correct <laughs> by your friends you can share this with your friends 
and start just throwing numbers about that you don't really even understand right? in the and first ha, place. Ha, ha, ha. And you think it's some joke or you're going to reduce it to, A, some of you can't marry, so come and date me on this side. Think about the actual real-life implications of such a statistic that if there are indeed a few, a handful more women than there are men in this country, where are we? Why do we not have a say in this country? Why are we being led only by one gender, <sighs> being managed by only one gender? They're doing us no justice. Thank you. And for us. we have nothing to show, show for it. Maybe no. we do need, maybe Ghana would be on a better track if there are more women, you know? So that's my two passwords. Yeah, it's not necessary. uplifting. No, no, but, but very necessary. Very, very, very necessary. And I, maybe I won't do something statistical next time. I think you should. But it's, 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 it's important. I feel, yeah, right? yeah I, I, I do feel I'm these are important conversations. Yeah, no, no, no. So, yeah, that's, that's it. And <laughs> I actually have some people I want to shout yes, out. Yes, of course. Yes, of um, course. There are four people who I want to shout out who have, in various ways, uh, made a serious impact this season related to the podcast mostly people who have reached out people i've connected with because of and mm. through the podcast so one would be steph she sent me a lovely message the other day um, when i really needed it um, and it was a message of support and i thank you so much for that another person is jay who has become like my mom has adopted her she, she came to ghana we met in person and this is somebody i only got to know initially because she listened to the podcast oh, wow. and now she's a real life friend oh, and i just want to say shout outs to you jay for all your support both podcast based and life based and everything he's a real one <laughs> And also Barack, a.k.a. Dr. Halidu, who has been a very so vocal supporter of ours and is just all around cool peeps. Oh, yes, 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 you yes, know, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, you know who that is. And yeah, shout outs to you. And the last person is Bright. So shout outs to you as well for being able to identify me based on <laughs> podcast related yes. information only. Absolutely. It shows you've been listening. Right. And so yes. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And thanks. Yeah, and yeah. This that doesn't mean the yeah if we, I didn't mention all of you yes because we say it all the, the time yes. like I genuinely yeah. mean it this is not no fake YouTuber kind of like mm. I love you guys mm -hmm. no we genuinely <laughs> like I don't know if you can ever relate to the feeling of having complete strangers mm. listen, listen to you and tell you especially, that hey right? I really love what you're doing it's the most gratifying feeling yeah, in the world yeah, truly yeah. truly and it's very humbling at the same time because I'm like who am I for right. you to be even listening to me mm. and think I make any sense or right. you know it's just so thank you to everyone that has continued to support us for seasons in it. now yeah, so yeah, yeah. thank you as well Eddie oh, thank you too I love you <laughs> okay <laughs> all right we'll see you next season bye, bye. take care <laughs> if you enjoyed the episode and you're listening to us on any of our platforms please give us a thumbs up remember to subscribe and we'd also love for you to share this episode with your friends let's continue the conversation we'd like to hear your feedback information on how to reach us on our website can be found in the description <laughs>